This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Creeping forward, he pulls up 18 footer. Here on Fox puts the Kings on top. Makes one stakes twice, gives the belly 35 foot three for the win. Nemanja, Bielitsa. Yes, we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. But 40 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we usually do. By the way, presented by the King's Herald. Still getting used to that intro. But how you doing, Rich? What's going on, man? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, doing all right. It's looking like, uh, you know, the team has touched down in Orlando. Uh, not everyone is with them, it appears. Uh, Luke Walton today would not name names for whatever reason, but it seems pretty clear that the three players that were, you know, tested positive for coronavirus are don't appear to be with the team, um, but aside from that, everyone's in the bubble. Yeah, what's your, uh, what's your take on all the food going on? <laughs> there seems to be a lot of takes. It seems like fine food to me. Yeah, no, I'm not really tripping. Like, I, I, I can get it if you're, <clears throat> I don't know, if you're making... 20 million a year, it might be a little bit a little bit washed, but it's I think it is more the containers and like the, it's a it's it's a plating issue, not a not not the food itself. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and uh, you know the issues with the guy we're going to get to today are. What they are, their size, their position, rather than their talents, really. And the two guys we're talking about today, we got Xavier Tillman from Michigan State and Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Two big men here, two centers, more than likely. Um, that's how I feel about them. And are you kind of okay with doing these guys side by side, since I think they're going to have some of the same issues to them in a way? Yeah, I, I think that is wise. This is 
this is tweener day on the podcast, I think, and and we're gonna have to dissect how Isaiah Stewart and Xavier Tillman can you know can beat that that tweener label. Yeah, and you know I'll, I'll lay out the basics of Xavier Tillman. He is a a junior at Michigan State, and this year he did average over 31 games, 13.7 points, 10.3 rebounds, three assists, uh, definitely notable for a big man, 1.2 steals, 2.1 blocks on 55% from the field, 26% from three on 50 total attempts, and 67.7% from the free throw line. Um, I don't know if I mentioned his height. I have six foot nine here with 7'1 wingspan and 245 pounds. And then for Isaiah Stewart, um, just to get the basics out here again, six foot nine with a seven four wingspan, two hundred and fifty pounds, and at freshman season at Washington, over thirty two games, I have seventeen points, eight point eight rebounds, zero point eight assists, zero point five steals, two point one blocks on fifty seven percent from the field, twenty five percent from three on only twenty attempts, and seventy seven point four percent from the free throw line. Um, do you have a certain area you feel like you want to start on with either one of these guys? Yeah, so kind of maybe a weird area to start, but the first thing that jumps out to me when comparing these two side by side is actually their age. Um, I believe that Tillman is is almost two and a half years older than Stewart. Um, he's definitely got two more years under his belt of college ball. But let me start off by asking you, like, you know, how big of a difference does it make to you if a, if a prospect is, is 19, uh, just turned 19, like Stewart, versus a guy who's, who's 21 and a half? It's interesting because, I mean, I normally it, I feel like it would be a big deal, but with these bigs where I don't feel like they have tremendous upside, I don't know how much it matters. Like, I'm kind of revealing my hand here. I like Tillman better than Stewart, um, and I think that obviously he got better during his time at Michigan State, but like the passing you're getting from a big, I just value a little bit more. So I think that because we're talking about, in my opinion, these are two likely backup bigs in the league, it doesn't make that much difference, and I'd probably just prefer to take the more NBA-ready one. So weirdly, I almost prefer the older one here, assuming that we're talking like late first round, early second. That's interesting. I mean, late first round, you, that's, it kind of comes down to who ends up taking these players because I do think they're like, for all their similarities, I think they're surprisingly different in what type of team would be looking at them. Um, you know, a team that is really competitive, that is likely to be picking in the late first round, especially in that like 25 to 30 range, I feel like they would definitely be into Tillman's kind of like ready-to-go skill set. But I, I do see Stewart as having a higher ceiling in the long run, um, even if it takes a couple more years to get to. So what part of his game do you see, or maybe we should kind of break down the basics of these guys a little bit. Um, what type of player do you see Stewart as? I mean, there's obviously a really high motor that you're getting from him, but part of what turned me away from him is that he just has a ridiculous amount of post-up possessions that he was able to do during his time at Washington. He was sixth in the entire NCAA Division One in the amount of post-ups that he did, and he was phenomenal at it. 
but I just don't see that as an offense that's going to work in the NBA, considering that he doesn't have quite playmaking out of the post. Yeah, I, I see him as a player that you're not going to be looking forward to be driving. His offense is going to be rim running. Um, and yeah, like whatever the, you know, maybe two post-ups a game or whatever that kind of is the way of the NBA. Um, but yeah, clean up stuff. I think he could be pretty good on the offensive glass, stuff like that. But primarily as a rim runner, play finisher type. And I, I don't like particularly even want him in like a pick and roll situation. But um, in a, you know, I think he's he can be dangerous in transition. Um, I continually was comparing Isaiah Stewart to Precious Achua. It, when I was going through it, did that like, did that comp jump or not comp, but like, did that, did any similarities jump out to you between those two players? Um, the energy guy on offense, I definitely see as just like a rim runner, um, and they both have a nice athleticism to them. But it's the defense that gets me, and I'm pretty sure I'm higher on Precious's defense than yours, and and it seems like most people. But I really believe in the switchability of Precious, and I didn't quite see that with Isaiah Stewart. Um, that's kind of going to be a theme here. Like I didn't see. I wasn't very impressed with the defense of either one of these guys, really, enough to think that, you know, I, I think they both have decent offensive games to them. Like you said, Isaiah Stewart as a rim runner, and I think Xavier Tillman out of the short roll with his passing and things like that. But the defense for either one of these guys, I was lower on than Precious, and I think that's kind of what made me a little bit hesitant on these guys' as prospects. That's interesting. I, you know, I think I'm just fully lower than than you on Precious, like, significantly so. Um, uh, yeah, like, when we update our big board to the end of this, he's not going to – he's still not going to be doing well despite us kind of getting down um, into, into like, consensus lower players. You know, Stewart, I, I buy the defense a little more than you. Yeah, I don't see him as highly switchable, but, you know, four or five and a little three – like when pressed on occasion, yeah. you know, I, I think that's okay. Um, How would you feel about him like in a drop? Well, I don't love it. Like, I but he's nineteen, you know. Like, right. I, I think that he could, his IQ could come around more. He's obviously like a super hardworking player, super high motor. Like, I think he's got a lot of that dog, a lot of that Austin Rivers mentality. Like for <laughs> for a center, like you know, you generally see that more in, like, smaller wings. But I think he's got that kind of level of fight where with Precious, like, huge huge upside to block shots, you know, athleticism, length. But Stewart has the length, too. I mean, that 7-4 wingspan, yeah. I think there's defensive potential just built into that considering that, one, he's a super hard worker, two, he has the length, and three, he's young enough to perhaps come around to be able to play in a drop, uh, to be able to break up pick and rolls, to be able to switch a little bit, you know, read ball handlers a little bit better as time goes on. Yeah, this is interesting. You're definitely talking me into your point of Stewart as more of a team that really can take time and develop him. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from there compared to Tillman. And, yeah, I mean, kind of my thing that you're going to get to with both of these guys, obviously, is just the value of these type of guys like I mean just centers are so replaceable like what is going to stop Isaiah Stewart from being 
a Nerlens Noel that is an extremely replaceable black backup center. Um, and I will say one thing is that he didn't shoot it much, but and I'm no shot doctor, but just from a untrained eye, like I did kind of like his potential as becoming a like halfway decent three point shooter. Yeah, that's kind of an issue with both of these guys, Stewart and Tillman, where it's like, you know, it depends on which scout you talk to. Some, you know, some will say that they'll come around and some say they won't. Um, and like that could end up being the difference between these two players. Like if one of them figures out their shot, they could become, you know, substantially better than the other one. But I don't really want to bank on either one. Um, like Stewart, his mechanics look good, but then he also looks like, kind of super flustered and out of his mechanics when he's um, in, in like a mid-range or pull-up, uh, when he's trying to do stuff. Like he doesn't have a floater range game, which is concerning to me. Um, I would say if we're talking about the kind of offensive role he could play and, and defensive to some degree, I feel like his ceiling could be – I've got a ceiling and a floor here that are both Kings players. I feel like his ceiling could be Rashawn Holmes and his floor could be Caleb Swanigan. Interesting. Okay, I, I've definitely heard a Caleb Swanigan comp for him here. Uh, mainly, I mean, like, his game's just kind of outdated is what it really is. Like, if we were talking early, mid-2000s, I think Isaiah Stewart would be a really valuable player, but that's just not what today's game is. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with a I, – I see where you're coming from with that uh, Rashawn Holmes comp, but again, like I just don't. If that's your ceiling, I'm really hesitant on how valuable of a player that really is. I know Rashawn Holmes obviously has been an extremely important piece for the Kings this season, but like you can't forget they got him on a five million dollar deal. He's worth more than that, but how much more are we really talking? And is right. a lot of it just because I mean you see it with like Ken Bazemore where. Honestly, Kent Bazemore is not an amazing basketball player, but he goes out there and just gives a ridiculous amount of effort that's kind of contagious to these young kings because a lot of them don't seem to fully have that on their own. Like, they need an infectious personality like that. Um, So, yeah, I I do like those comps, but I just – I question, you know, how much value is that really? Like, it's going to be hard for me to rank these guys over, like, a lot of wings, really. And I think I'm a little higher on Tillman than Stewart. Um, mainly, I guess probably, like you said, immediate impact I'm putting a lot into here. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like your comps. I just question the value out of, like, that ceiling. Yeah, I think that the, the issue is very real for big men that can't shoot. Um, like, but this, here's the thing about this draft that I think is, is actually really good for us and for our podcast, for Kings fans, uh, for anyone listening and trying to figure out where Stewart or Tillman could fit in to the Kings' plans, is that I don't think either of them is, is lottery talent, but I could also see both of them very much being available in the early second round. Um, that I don't think there's any players really in this draft that, like, you can look at and be like, there is zero chance of them going – you know, getting consideration in lottery, but also zero chance of them falling to the second round. There's like that whole, this whole late first group could be available 35, maybe even 43, um, you know, and, and just won't be taken, you know, in the top 14. 
Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable, and uh, I'm going to be interested. I really need to spend a little bit more time thinking what I want the Kings to do with these second-rounders, although I'm leaning towards kind of what we've talked about before, and Bryant mentioned that he liked the idea as well, kind of packaging these second-rounders, maybe moving up to the end of the first round, and neither one of these guys are all too inspiring to me in the way that I'd want to trade up in that way to get them. Um, But to get to Tillman a little bit here as well, one of the main aspects to him, both of these guys, I will say, were really great finishers around the rim. Um, but you mentioned not feeling great about Isaiah Stewart in a pick and roll, a little bit more of a rim runner. I really like Tillman in the pick and roll. I think, I mean, he's one of the stronger guys in the draft, um, even though he is only 6'9 here, but it's his passing that really intrigues me. And I think that that can be really valuable as a big man. I mean, we've seen that with Harry Giles. Harry Giles is obviously an outlier. I'm not saying Tillman's the level passer that Giles is, but Tillman almost reminds me of like a Al Horford in regards to his offensive game without the three-point shot. Um, and, you know, it's questionable how valuable that is in the modern NBA, same as Stewart. But I really do think that the passing, and especially like out of the short roll, you know, I think he gets a pass and he's at the nail. He's able to make a quick decision without even putting the ball on the floor or he'll dribble one time and be able to make a nice finish or, or again, find a player on the perimeter. And I think the passing for Tillman really – really stood out to me as something that I liked from him. Yeah, I agree. The passing is definitely nice. I liked kind of everything about his game. Like, I, I thought, like, as far as the major tools, I think it's all decent, you know, and I think he's very well-rounded. Um, like the finishing, like the passing, like the rebounding. You mentioned it briefly, but over 10 boards a game. Um, you know that's that's pretty serious business for a, a six eight guy. Solid defense, I like. You know, definitely definitely solid plus defense. I just wonder all of those things. I have questions about how well they'll translate. He's kind of this is a weird analogy here, but in the same way that Denny Abdia is a very well rounded player, I, and the questions about him are okay, like. He's got some nice finishing. He's got some nice passing. He's got some nice – he can do stuff on the boards. He can do stuff on defense. But will it all translate to a high level, to like a starter, like a, a plus starter, maybe even star level? There's serious questions if, if that will actually happen. And if they, if they don't, then you've kind of got just a bench guy. I feel like Tillman is that same issue, but it's like are they all going to translate to a high level – Role, or if they don't, you've kind of got like it's a guy that's not not really worth having on the on the contract. Yeah, that's interesting because I think it kind of speaks to the whole wing versus big man thing. I think they're you know Denny's not that much smaller than Tillman really, um, but his potential upside being a wing player that has ball handling capabilities and a shot to him as well is just that much more valuable. But I agree with you that these are really well-rounded prospects you're working with. And again, the same thing that was kind of my hesitant with Stewart was Tillman's defense. Like I I like the offensive game minus the three-point shot, which is a big minus. You know, I guess there's some potential there, I guess. Um, I liked Stewart's form better, but both of these guys really didn't shoot it much. Like I said, uh, Tillman was 26% from three on the year on a total of 50 attempts. So there's really not all too much to work with there. Um, But yeah, I just don't know how much I am buying the defense that you're getting from Tillman here. Um, I did hear some interesting comps of like a Daniel Tice, Derek Favors sort of thing, which 
does somewhat intrigue me. What do you think about those comparisons for Tillman? Yeah, uh, it's interesting because the Ringer draft board actually has Derek Favors as a comp for Isaiah Stewart. So, yeah, I, I think that he's a guy that comes to mind as, um, you know, a, a non-shooting big man that still works in the league. Um, it can still, like, you know, pass for a spot, a spot starter or a high-level defensive player. Um, I like the Ringer's comp for Tillman of P.J. Tucker. I think that, like, I could totally see him as, like, a Rockets guy. They, you know, they like guys that are that are smaller but a little more switchable, um, got a little passing. Like, he's kind of a do-it-all 6'8 dude with a 7-foot with a, a seven, seven wingspan. So, like, you know, I think that's uh, – I don't know. I, I see that probably more as his role than a favors where even though Stewart isn't that much taller, only 6'9", he has the longer wingspan and he's more of a bully uh, with his size. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought of the Rockets for both these guys. Obviously, the issue being both of them don't shoot, and they seem to have completely gone away from that. But, like, in a Clint Capella-type role where, like I said, I'm not big on these guys' defense, but I don't think they're negative defenders, like when you look at, like, Harry Giles, per se. Um, So I think that, yeah, like Tillman specifically, if you were – he was the one setting the screen for Harden or Westbrook every single time, and, yeah, say he did catch it in the short roll, he'd be able to hit P.J. Tucker or – you know, Austin Rivers in the corner. Um, and I, I think that he'd be really good at that. So I think that that's where he fits in a modern offense, where he is the only man rolling. And that passing is, to me, what makes the fit a little bit better than Stewart. I think that both of them work because they are extremely good role mans. I like Tiller, Tillman's screening better as well. Um, but I think that that, yeah, in in a system like you're talking about, like maybe Dallas, where you're looking at like a Maxi or a uh, Dwight Powell type role. I know both those guys have kind of started to shoot a little bit themselves. But, you know, I mean, it's a high pick and roll offense, say a Portland, where, again, I mean, he's the man rolling to the basket. He catches it on a short roll and is able to hit a shooter on the outside or anything like that. I, I think that that's where these guys can fit. But, again, I mean, you're talking a backup center for both these guys, which is just – I mean, it's, it's kind of uninspiring in today's NBA. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. If you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out as well. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. You know, my my pitch here to you on Stewart is that he's got a little bit higher of a ceiling then you may be giving him credit for. Like, I could see a world where Stewart ends up being a low-end starter. Um, 
I just think his ceiling's a little bit higher, and it's it's a lot to do with the age thing. And just to get back to that, like my concern for Tillman, and tell me if you think this is a you know a concern for you as well. But three years in college, he was not a high recruit out of high school. Just to give you a reference point here, seventy uh, fourth in his class um, as far as a recruit out of high school. Stewart was third in his class. So as far as what at least, you know, early scouts saw as his potential for Stewart than it was for Tillman. Tillman been in the, league, uh, been in the NCAA uh, for three years, got a coach that got to know him, you know, like he learned a system, he fit into the system. As time went on, I think he, you know, learned and grew within that system. I wonder if Stewart had been three years in Michigan State, you know, I think there's a possibility he could just have been a, a much better player. And then you take them both out of their systems, put them in the NBA or even the G League briefly. I I don't know. I, I think that they might be suddenly on more even footing in that in that aspect. My concern is just Tillman could be a winning college player that, you know, once you take them out of the system they're comfortable with, it just kind of like and, and once their skills are no longer special for their the group they're playing against, it could kind of start to evaporate. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. My main hesitant with Stewart again is just that a lot of his game revolved around post ups. And I don't think that he's gonna be able to do that in the NBA at a great level. Like I think he does have really good touch with both hands. Um and maybe a bench unit is able to go to that a little bit in a way, but again, like I didn't see much playmaking out of the post, so that's kind of where I'm hesitant here. I do agree with you. I think Stewart has the higher ceiling. Um, I, I think that things, obviously, I mean, yeah, he has three years to get to the point that Tillman is at right now. I'm sorry, two years to get to the point where Tillman is at right now. Um, so I agree with you, the higher ceiling, but I think that maybe it's just with bigs, like I'd I would lean towards a higher floor guy because to me, if Stewart doesn't improve, like I, I don't think the ceiling is a big enough difference for me to overlook that I think Tillman has a a somewhat decently higher floor, and I, I'm I may be overvaluing this passing. I really like passing out of bigs, and I think that Tillman really did a good job of making his teammates better around him. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of that so much of Stewart's offense revolved around the post for me that really makes me question it. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, I mean, to be fair, they're 22-23 on my board. So, you know, I, I don't have them separated by much. Oh, wait, who's 24? McDaniels. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, I would not fault you at all for going McDaniels at this yeah. point because if you just, you know, based on the team and the need and the fit, if you need upside, definitely take McDaniels um, over Stewart or Tillman. But – if you're okay with uh, if you're okay with having like a you know a, a true center, or at least like a guy that could end up just not being a, a factor shooting the ball, um, then yeah, I, I it, it's really going to matter about what team is picking and and what each team wants. Ultimately, though, I I do prefer Stewart. I think it's nice that we are split on this. Um, I just, doesn't the seven four wingspan like intrigue you at yeah. all though? Yeah, that that is a very big difference for sure. Um, but again, like I just wasn't, 
I, actually, I will say, like, he gets off the floor really quickly as well. So for a while, I don't think he's a great defender. That makes up for a lot of it, that he is able to react extremely quickly by getting off the floor. Like, he genuinely had really impressive blocking jump shots, which you don't see very often, um, and that's part of that wingspan and getting off the floor quick. So maybe I am undervaluing the defensive potential there a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Like the three-foot different, three-inch difference on that wingspan is definitely significant. Stewart's the better athlete. I, I think that's true. He's, he's more raw. Like, this is kind of – I don't even know if it's upside, you know, you know, stealing versus floor as much as it is, like, raw versus refined at this point. And then, yeah. you know, you, you got to – it's about your development staff. Like, do you believe that – your team can really develop something raw into into something really high quality, or do you think like you know what like if I'm the Kings, quite honestly, I probably prefer Tillman because I just well, I don't know if I'm if I'm outside of the Kings thinking of what the Kings would would be better off with like Tillman's kind of like the Sadiq Bay of the late first round where it's like all right, plug and play. Here's a guy who can come in give you know, 12 minutes off the bench uh, as a rookie, and I, I feel pretty good about what he would be able to do. Uh, but, like, uh, yeah, like, if I was a team that really believed in my development staff, I'd probably – I would definitely go Stewart. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And, uh, yeah, kind of my thing with Tillman is, I mean, while I don't really value these backup bigs very much and it, the NBA doesn't seem to that much in general, I mean, there's something about having him under contract for eight years because I still think he could be a rotation big that's decent for you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if we're talking in the 20s here, if you're a, you know, a say Brooklyn that's kind of looking to have an impact now or – Miami, even Utah, like the, you kind of look toward uh, Boston, you really look towards Xavier Tillman. But if you're talking, say, a Oklahoma City or the Knicks with the um, pick that they got from the Marcus Morris trade from the Clippers, that's when you look towards an Isaiah Stewart. So I'm totally with you here that I think these guys are going to be in the same tier for me, in the same sort of range, and it's just going to depend on what team's picking. Yeah, I. I think you're a little more hung up on the offensive limitations of Stewart than I am. Um, I mean, going back to that Rashawn Holmes comp for Stewart, what what does Holmes do offensively other than like you know having a a, a really really solid floater range, like little push shot? If Stewart ever got something like that in his game, I mean, I think it's okay to be a really limited offensive player as a center, as especially if you're. You know, ceiling. I'm, I'm. I am saying, like, as a true ceiling, that he figures it out, um, gets enough tools offensively to where you can just feel great about having this big, strong, athletic, seven foot four wingspan kind of bully in the middle of uh, anchoring your defense. But you know, what is? I mean, like, Rashawn Holmes works. Like, we're you and I are excited about him as a starting center for the Sacramento Kings. So. I don't really see, like, that much of a difference between their skill sets. Yeah, I mean, I think that Holmes is a little bit of an outlier in, in regards to, like, his finishing percentage. Obviously, this year specifically was just phenomenal for him. I mean, 65% from the field. Um, but, you know, Isaiah Stewart, like you're saying, at 19 years old, 57%. I guess it's not insane to think he could get to 61% from the field, which would be extremely good for him. And I think that 
my main hesitant with the comp, and maybe I'm putting too much into it, I just didn't buy the defense of really either one of these guys all that much when I felt like one of the biggest things for Holmes, I mean, I've said it, we've said it a bunch of times, like the Kings were the worst team at opponent field goal percentage around the rim, and Holmes was a great part in slowing teams down there. And I don't know how much I buy Stewart's ability to really do that. I think Stewart could be a better defender than Rashawn Holmes. Like, Interesting. I, I think we're overrating as a city – as a fan base, I think we're overrating Holmes to defense. Like, it's been uh, an insane improvement over what we've had in the past, but what we've had in the past is really Collie Stein. Um, like, I, I don't think that Rashawn Holmes is, like, a tremendous defender. Um, I think he's very solid, and, like, having a very solid defensive center is huge for the Kings. But, you know, if it all works out, I, I know I keep leaning on that wingspan, but if it all works out, I think – Stewart could potentially have a little bit more of a plus there. Tillman, I I, I I am with you. Concerns about Tillman's defense, minor, though they may be. Uh, I'll just point out, like, Sam Vecini is, like, in love with this dude defensively. He, a he lot had of draft a, Twitter is, actually. They like Yeah, I've seen him, like, ranked as a top five defender in all the NCAA this year. Yeah, which, man, neither one of these guys were just, like, great to me on defense, which is a lot of what I'm looking for in a big man, especially if you're not spacing the floor. Um, like, it's great to be this hustle guy on the other end, but I really feel like you need to be a plus defender on especially protecting the rim. And both of these guys, I think they could be, but I wasn't confident enough in saying that I think they will be. And I think that really just made me question both of these guys a little bit. You're totally right, and you're talking me into, like, the wingspan of Stewart. I see where you're coming from. You're you're probably right that we overrate Holmes' defense because of the guys that we were looking at before. And, I mean, he's getting replaced by Bielitsa minutes at the five, Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley at the five. Um, so, obviously, the numbers and just the difference between watching both of those is just going to be astronomical. Um, so, I see where you're coming from here. Um yeah, I, I I still think, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much going to have both of these guys in the same tier, and it's going to kind of depend who's picking. One more comment on something that separates them, just to go to the touch. Um, the free throw percentage for these guys and the volume are both in, in favor of Stewart. Uh, Stewart took 6.2 free throws a game, which is quite a bit, um, and hit 77.4%. That's like, that's pretty good. Like that's that's for Sean Holmes esque, I would say. Um, like he he's projectable at least like hopefully with a shot with with a floater range game if he if he develops it over time and remember he's nineteen. Um, Xavier on the other hand, only four free throws attempted a game, so you know a little less than than two thirds of what Stewart did, and sixty six point seven percent. So. You know, just an advantage Stuart there, um, even if it's not a huge advantage. Yeah, totally fair. I think I said it at some point, but I definitely, if I'm banking on a three-point shot for both of these guys, I feel more confident in Stewart's, even though there's not all too much to work with with either one. I mean, Stewart shot 20 of them, but I, I just like to swarm a little bit more. Again, I'm not some shot doctor. I, I don't put all too much into, like, studying people's forms, but... Just from what I saw, I liked that better. Same, like you said, the free throw percentage on a good volume there. Um, one question I did want to ask you, if both of these guys shot a 
I wanted to use Draymond's, I was going to say his best year from three, but he did have one extremely outlier season where he shot 38% from three. Um, we'll do his second best year. Say both of these guys were able to shoot 33% from three on, this is four attempts a game. Which prospect do you like better? I mean, probably still Stewart. I, I, it's like, so remember, like, it's super close to me, like 22, 23. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's like, such a tiny fractional difference to me, um, but you're kind of what you're kind of asking here is like, say they have they have you know equal something that I already perceive as equal. I, it's not going to change anything. Okay. Me. Yeah. Um, like I kind of already see them as having equal chances to to shoot it. Um, obviously, if you told me one could shoot it and one couldn't, I'm going with the one that can shoot it. Um, but yeah, you know. To kind of devil's advocate myself, like, I'm fully on board with you on, like, Xavier has a much better ability to pass the ball, and I am very intrigued by that. Um, I think that Xavier is a much better, like, a much more complete product right now for the Kings, and especially I'm very intrigued by that. Um, It's really going to be a coin flip, I think. You know, I'll put it this way, like, if the Kings are picking, I go Tillman. If a team that has a good development staff is picking, I go Stewart. Um, and, like, in terms of their long-term um, prospects, it's probably a coin flip. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you here. And if we're talking about some of these other bigs that we've gone over, how do you feel about Precious Achua and Jalen Smith with both of these guys? I think you kind of gave it away with your rankings. You have I have Precious and Jalen over both of these guys. Are you the same? So I definitely have Jalen like way ahead of these guys. Like I, I, I I'm like way high on Jalen apparently. Uh, I mean, just for reference, I have him 17th on my board. So like a full four spots ahead of any of these other guys. Um, it's just the shot. Like I believe in his shot. And if you know you if you gave any of these guys the, a, a a jumper that was consistent, they're rocketing up my board. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm glad you asked this, though, because Precious Achua, like, he's in this group to me. He's right there with Stuart and Tillman. I, I don't see a separation. Um, like, I have, I have him and Stuart. I've been using, like, a numbered grading system. I have him and Stuart with the same grade, and Tillman with, like, one number less on a, like, a scale of 100. So it's, like, they're truly – all on the same footing to me. Yeah, this is interesting. So I would definitely take Jalen Smith over. And then, like we've been saying this whole time, I think that, you know, I I would probably have these guys in a similar tier. I like Precious. Like I said earlier, I I seem to be higher on Precious than than you here and and seemingly most people. But if it's a team that's really looking to win now and an impact player, I wouldn't – I would understand taking Tillman over Precious. If we're talking upside, I like the upside of Precious decently better than Stewart. I, I really think that, you know, there is a projectable three-point shot. I think you could kind of say the same for Stewart, but there's a little more to buy with Precious. Again, I mean, it's still only 40 attempts, but 32% from three. Um, yeah, Again, I mean, you pointed it out. You know, you take away one or two, that percentage looks a lot worse. 
Um, I, I don't care, I will say, I don't care about any of the playmaking that you're, or like dribbling or whatever that you're getting from Precious. I, I think that's extremely useless. And I think that he's one of the biggest cases of he just has to find his way onto the right team. Um, but he's going to need some development time, and I buy his ceiling more than Stewart's, mainly because I think I really value switchability from from bigs in the modern NBA. I saw an interesting comp today of like a Jeremy Grant almost in a way for Precious, and I thought that, that was really interesting. One concern I have with Precious is that it's the decision-making, it's the getting outside of his role. His shot selection, I was like – relatively disturbed by. Yeah. Um, so, I, I am yeah. definitely thinking, like, you know, a team cuts all that out, which maybe you can't do. Maybe I'm I'm thinking that that's possible and it's not the case. Like, you see, like, a Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, it's like, listen, don't take these mid-laner, mid, uh, mid-rangers. I'm sure the Kings were telling him that, but some players are still going to do that no matter. So I am, when I'm, when I'm high on Precious, I'm assuming that teams are just going to cut out his you know, playmaking, like there's no reason pressure should be running a pick and roll sort of thing. Yeah, if you really think that you can shoot jumpers um, and you can't, like, I I don't know that you can, I maybe this is like PTSD uh, from Willie, but like, I just, I don't know that you can teach that out of a player. Like, that, I think that's why I'm so low on pressures. It's like, I don't buy the decision-making uh, the offensive IQ, and so, like, I, I would just much prefer a player like Stewart who just knows his role, he's in his role, he executes his role well, even if there isn't the same kind of, I guess you'd call it, upside. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. I think that, yeah, I mean, if Precious can accept that role, and, you know, maybe I think the counter argument could be that Memphis didn't really have that much going for him and him being the clear best player with Wiseman obviously not uh, being there except what three four games that you know he kind of just had a lot of responsibility to him and that's something that you're not going to see at the next level Um, so I think that if they were both cast in an ideal role for them I would pretty comfortably prefer Precious and I'm probably putting too much stock into that like I said I think Precious is one of the biggest cases of it's going to matter so much where he lands. So, yeah, I, I do lean. I have all these guys in a similar tier. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be upset if a team wanted a more impact now player and took Tillman over Precious, but I would, uh, in most cases, I'm taking Precious over Stewart. And it sounds like you're opposite, right? Support for the King's Pulse podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, we all have a time where we have hurt ourselves or at least been terrified to hurt ourselves. I know I do. Trimming below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. This is a premium tool with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes, works in the shower so you can take care of your business in there if you prefer that. Also has an extremely cool LED light attached to it that illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. 
If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that chunk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KINGSPULSE at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KINGSPULSE. No space. KINGSPULSE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code KINGSPULSE with no space. Yeah, in most cases, I'm – yeah. well, I, they're on the same level. I, I think, yeah, in most cases, I would take Stewart over over Precious. I, I Yeah, I – for the Kings, for sure. Um, so yeah. that's all. I'll break the tie there with the Kings. That's probably um, fair for the Kings. For the for the Kings, I, I I think you probably go Tillman, though, in this scenario. So Yeah, you don't want Vlade thinking that Precious is a small forward. Yeah, so I think we – here's what I'll – to wrap this up, to put these, we'll actually put you know all four. You mentioned Jalen Smith as well. We'll put them all into perspective. Um, I want to give the the big board ranks from the Athletic and the Ringer, two sites we reference often. Um, so over at the over at the Athletic from Sam Vecini, he has Isaiah Stewart 16th on his board on his big board, which is really high. Crazy. Um, but he has Precious 17th right below him. Um, so I, even though I'm lower on both players, I, I see them very similarly as well. Um, then he has Tillman at 22 and Jalen Smith at 28. So he is opposite to us as far as he has Smith as the outlier on the bottom. We have him as the outlier on the top. Um, and then I'll go over to the ringer here, Kevin O'Connor. Um, he has... Uh, first of all, I'll just point out he has McDaniel's over all these other guys, so that's strange. Um, but to put J- Jaden McDaniel's to the side for a minute, he has Precious 24, Jalen Smith 26, Isaiah Stewart 27, and Tillman way down at 41. Wow, wow, yeah, Tillman's way down there. Um, that's interesting to me because, yeah, I mean, one thing I'm really struggling, especially in this range that we're getting to, is, like, where do I put these guys with this supposed high upside? You know, like, when we're talking a Poku, we're talking a Jaden McDaniels. I think Jalen Smith has a decent upside to him as well. Um, like, a RJ Hampton, which I know you're a little higher on than I am. It, it's really – I'm struggling in, like, daily trying to figure out where do I, in this entire tier I have, do I prefer high floor guys? Do I prefer high ceiling guys for the Kings? I think I probably prefer high floor guys. But if you're talking for your second round pick, like you're looking at a Detroit second rounder, say the 35th, 35th pick, I don't really mind banking on a little bit of upside. Like you said, like I think that between these guys, I mean, it's definitely Jalen Smith. I think that a something that you can bank on in a three-point shot from a guy that's that big. I think he's going to be a decent rim protector, even if he has struggles in the pick and roll, if he gets pulled out to there. Um, I I think that three-point shooting that you're getting from a big man is extremely valuable, like off movement and everything. Um, But then, yeah, after that, I I mean, I think I'm the same as you. I'm probably taking Isaiah Stewart if we're talking to Kings, and I don't mind gambling on a little bit of upside at 35. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and to tie it in with another mock draft, one I did for uh, at Mavs Draft on Twitter, um, a really fun draft, a lot of like really good uh, draft Twitter folks. Um, I I mentioned to you before, I got Halliburton at 12, Jalen Smith at 35, which everyone loved that pick. Um, everybody loved that pick, especially for the Kings. And then I got Isaiah Stewart at 43. Wow. Did you really? Yeah, that's a, I mean, sounds like a knock at the park for me. Yeah, I mean, that. would you be, I mean, would you be happy with uh, I, I, any of these guys at 43, obviously? I mean, I guess we're, I think, I guess that might be too obvious, but would yeah. you be happy with any of these guys at 35 as well? Yeah, I think I would be. Um, I, I think that we need to get into some more of these other guys because when it comes down to it, same as I said before, I think that if I have a wing and a center in the same tier, I think I'm automatically going to kind of value the center, the wing more than the center. Um, and maybe that's unfair. Maybe, you know, a couple years of doing this, I'll learn better than that. But that's just kind of the point I'm at right now. And I think that that's because the NBA just seems to value wings more. Like, I think that, you know, look at Rashawn Holmes. Like I said, again, I mean, he is an outlier. Like, they got him on a steal of a contract. But how much more are you really needing to pay for him? I mean, like, he's not he's not going to cost you the same amount that an average wing would. An average wing is worth more than an average center to me. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, there just are less wings in this draft too, like a lot less. I think like, I think that's why uh, people like Bryant are getting enamored with um, Josh Green is like they're just – he's like one of the last wings in this draft that feels like they could be anything. Um, like I just mm-hmm. I don't really think there are any versatile wings that are going to go in the early early second round. So yeah, I guess to close it out here, let's say you're on the board with pick 35, and you know everyone we've discussed is off the board. Uh, you're on the you're on the clock, pick 35. Everyone else is off the board. It's your choice between Precious, Stewart, and Tillman. Oh, man. Um, for the Kings, specifically for the Kings. Oh, God. Yeah, so, like, I, I like Precious the best out of these guys, but I just – I mean, it sucks. But every time that you're like, you know, he just needs to be in the right system, the right system is never the Kings. Um, so Precious kind of feels like he has to be taken off the board. And, man, like, if we're talking Harry Giles isn't going to be there next year, I, I like Tillman in that backup role. Um, because uh, you talked me into, um, you you really talked me into Isaiah Stewart on the Kings, and I like it. But I, I think I just like Tillman a little bit better. I think I'm a sucker for this passing for bigs. Yeah, it's incredibly close. I think if we go, if we're talking ceiling, you go Atua, Stewart, Tillman, and if you're talking floor, you you go the just the opposite: Tillman, Stewart, Atua. And and since you've established, and I agree, Kings need to go floor above ceiling. Uh, I would all, I agree. Uh, I'd go Xavier Tillman here. Wow. Yeah, but like you said, it's it's extremely close for these guys, um, for sure. And yeah, I mean, do you have uh, anything else you want to touch on these guys? Do you have different players that stick out to you that you want to get into next? Like I definitely have. Um, I know a couple people that are really high on Tyler Bay. We're trying to you know, maybe get a couple of the last wings in here with some potential? 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, some of the – yeah, I mentioned Josh Green is one of the last, like, effective wings. There are a lot more effective wings if you're okay with going, uh, like, a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there become questions about them being able to, to you know, guard fours, that type of thing. But I would love to go – I would love to go smaller here. Um, I, I think we've done a lot of big men recently – uh, I would love to go small. I know you are a fan of Trey Jones. I am. I think we could pair him with another 6'2 guard in Tyrell Terry, who uh, a lot of people really love. Um, we could get a little 6'2 action going. We go, we go real small here. Yeah, uh, let's do it. I think, yeah, we're going a little defense versus offense. I think I know which way each one of us is going to lean already, but we'll see. I'm very interested in these guys for sure. I think those will be fun. Nice. And then I think we also, yeah, yeah. There's going to be some interesting ones after this, like Desmond Bain. Um, we've sure. never gotten to Mal- Maladon um, yeah. or Maladon. Leandro Balmero will be interesting. I think Paul Reed is a really interesting, like, potential Bagley fit. Yeah. Um, I would love to do Maladon and, um, uh, and, and Balmero is like a – we look do you know do some European prospects together something like yeah. that so yeah I I think uh, we got some fun ones coming up yeah and uh, I, I'm looking forward to that so yeah we said next one we'll go Trey Jones and Tyrell Terry what do you make of uh, the Kings posting on social media they're gonna bring back these O2 black jerseys if they get 50k retweets I think they'll you do know it. until I see it in the flesh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy it yeah I I I, I think they are teasing but I think. I do think they're coming around. I mean, they did an amazing job with uh, the royal blue and red yeah. uh, throwbacks. So I, I could see it. You know, I could see it. I don't, I don't know what's happening anytime soon, but honestly, they'd be fools to not bring them back. It's oh my god! Like I'd have to buy one so quick. Like absolutely, <laughs> especially with the way the royal blue is sold out. Like oh god, yeah. That, but even the photoshops they made, I was like, wow, these are these are gorgeous. Those would be the the two best. Jersey decisions, like, in decades. You know, the two best franchise decisions in decades. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of Fox. Outside of Fox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, please give us a, a rating and review if you enjoyed the show. Um, please check out kingsherald.com for all your, your local Kings news by Kings fans for Kings fans and check out the Patreon while you're at it. Yeah, definitely. And as for here at the Kings Pulse Podcast, you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days diving into Trey Jones of Duke and Tyrell Terry of Stanford. So thanks to everybody for listening and yeah, hear from us again in the next couple of days here.